Splitting Hairs with Max and Nikki. As usual, I'm Max. And I'm Nikki. And together we're Max and Nikki. On today's episode, we'll be talking about the word literally, why it's overused so much uh, in American culture especially, but actually in British culture, Canadian culture, and any English-speaking country, I think, overuses the word literally. And we'll be discussing... Our, why our, we dislike that? Well, why? Well, we have a couple guests that will maybe refute what we maybe we refute think. or maybe uh, embrace our opinions. But we don't. Max and I do not like the word literally. Actually, we despise it. We try to avoid using it at, at all costs, even, even when, when it's, it's appropriate. Used, yes, but we'll get into it. We'll get into it. Uh, and we have a few guests to join our podcast today. Our podcast. Our podcast. You do it at your pad. <laughs> our pad. Our pad. Our the Maxi Podcast, actually. <laughs> We're at our um, pad. And um, on our podcast today, we have comedian Mike Kaplan. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I'm happy to be here oh. and in your lives. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> We're happy that you are here and in our lives as well. Much appreciated. Some might say the <laughs> best years of our lives. I mean, I think the best ones include now. Sure. They're the ones that are happening. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Sure, sure, sure. And we'd also like to uh, welcome to the podcast. Welcome pad-cast. back. Welcome back. <laughs> welcome welcome back. to the pad. Well, we, we'd like to welcome back to the podcast. podcast. Uh, our <laughs> well, we'd like to welcome, Kev- welcome back to the podcast, but welcome for the first time to the podcast. Or welcome Bach to the podcast. Ooh, huh? I, okay, I like it. that? Hey, no. Welcome Weinbach to, anyway, to the podcast. Our guest today, our other guest today is, fr- is our good friend Kevin Crooks. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you guys for having me. <laughs> do you guys ever make a joke like Weinbach to the future? Is that a thing you do? I've, we've never done that before. That's fine. You don't have to. <laughs> and we never Oh, will. we haven't no. done that, but we do do uh, things with the Bach last name. That sure. makes sense. Actually, Bach Choi. Bach Choi. Well, I had a... Uh, I had a he had a, a radio, radio p- show in when I was in college, the college radio station for UC Berkeley. It was mm-hmm. called KALX, uh, ninety point seven FM, University of California, and listener supported radio. And uh, <laughs> that sounds professional. And my uh, it, that that is the way we had to say the ID. That was the only professional thing about the show. Um, no, 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 I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, but my my at least once an hour. My radio show was called the Stream of Wine. Hmm. which is what Weinbach means in German. Oh. And so Bach just meant stream. And, and there was that a kind very... Of, I always like to have that association when I'm listening to Bach because it's like a, a stream of music that's inundating right. you, I guess. And it's very modern given, you know, like modern digital digital platforms, very modern of him to have been kind of... Like streaming services. That's oh, right. Exactly. Oh, he well, was he way was ahead, ahead yeah. of... You know, people yeah. think he's just in, an innovative composer. He's... Even more innovative than you think. Well, I would actually. say some people thought he was stuck in his time in the sense that he did he hated the piano, but he actually loved digital streaming services. Well, we don't know that he hated it. We just know that he didn't compose for the piano. I didn't. Th- I thought they didn't have pianos. They it came it was starting to come around at the when end he, of his life. When he, towards the end of his life, and uh, but the precursor to the piano, obviously, there's the harpsichord, but something a little more similar was the clavichord. Right and. Uh, but they would use that mostly for, um, because it was so quiet, they would use that for 
rehearsing or practicing so that mm -hmm. wouldn't disturb people. Actually. That's so nice. Yeah. We took a, a whole class uh, on Bach in college. Anyway, can I can I say uh, this is going to sound serious, but it, I assure you will only be for fun. I uh, just wanted to make it just uh, expectations uh, be appropriately met here. Uh, so if you were like to want to listen to uh, Johan, Johan Sebastian. Yo, it's hard to say his name. Johan Sebastian. Sure. On on a, a platform like Spotify, you could say I'd like to uh, stream this man, or you could say I'd like to bok bok. Yeah. Uh. And, then, and then if somebody wouldn't let you, then you could be like, "What are you, chicken?" And then you could say bok 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 bok. You could do that. That reminds me of an Arj Barker uh, thing. Arj Barker. Arj Barker. Arj Barker. As they say in Baston. They, well, oh, it's funny because he lives in Australia now. As they and say they, in, they do yeah. that in Australia. Arj Barker. Yeah. But no, he, they, when, when he, uh, he used to do this thing called the Doug marijuana Benson logs. With Doug, oh, yeah. with Doug Benson I and Tony Kameen. And, and uh, Tony he had this bit where he was like a high concert goer in the, in the early 1700s going to see a Bach concert. And he talks about how everybody was chanting Bach, Bach, Bach. And it sounded as if there were a big chicken coming toward the, the venue. I I love it. And uh, so I rescind. No, no. My, yeah, I'm I, glad. No, I, I take it, Bach. I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Well, okay. he, he could keep going it, on with that. Oh, no. Well, <laughs> if, if we wanted to listen to um, a com uh, an album by Brent Weinbach, mm -hmm. you might want to say, I want a Bach Weinbach. Oh, yeah. Or just put an apostrophe if you guys are all the box, you know. Sure. How about sure. think outside the box? That's if, if you want to listen to somebody who's not y'all. We have well, right. We actually. Well, right. no, but I don't. I don't think outside the box. No, because how could you? I you am. I I can't. No, you you can only think inside. I can only think inside the box. Thinking inside the box—that's a good uh, podcast name, actually. Go for it. But not even just for us, but just as a anyone, just even B O X. Thinking inside the box. Yeah, but that's I feel out. like it's a Sex in the City episode review podcast or something. Sure, I, I've sure. actually, you know, funnily enough, I've never watched a whole episode of Sex in the City in my but life. But you watched one half show. of every episode, <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. I, right up until the end, I gave it. I gave every, every episode, episode a chance, and halfway through, I was like, "This is not for me." I, wa I have watched all of every episode. You've really? watched every episode. Wow. Yeah, me too. Yeah. It's a wonderful show. Well, I've seen okay. every episode of I can, a okay. lot of TV shows, but that's one I haven't seen every episode or any of the full episodes. Of. I bet. I think it seems like there's nobody can have seen every episode of every TV show at this point. But no, one could try. No. Yeah, you could, you could spend your whole life, but they're gonna they're gonna keep they're making, gonna keep making them. I think and at one just point, more, though, more, that it would have been possible, though. Oh, yeah, for sure. Long, my grandmother tells me. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, there wasn't that much. There was, like, three stations or something. <laughs> but, I mean, it would be... The difficulty back then would be that you couldn't... You VC couldn't... Yeah, that's right. VCR or DVR. So there could be only three shows on at a time, but it would be very difficult to see them all. That's when ratings really mattered, I think. Right, they right, were like, right. like, well, we need to, you know, get the viewers on our station, you know? Indeed. Um but you had great TV. You, but they had great product back then. You know, I love Lucy. Your show of shows. Uh, you know, I I, I, I agree <laughs> with yeah those two. That was uh, the forties through the seventies. Yeah, right. <laughs> I I think that 
whenever, whenever people look back like on a time period fondly, like for art or entertainment, we're like, oh man, look at all these great things that came out then. And you can name so many things that you don't enjoy about now, but at the same time, there, there must have been shows that are completely forgotten that sure. didn't have the History staying power. History chooses to, uh, to remember the things that we are most fond of. Right. And as evidenced by like even oldies radio stations, there are certain things that I, I thought I knew. Old, I do know oldies music pretty darn well, but I used, like few, maybe a few years ago, I thought, oh, I'm so good at knowing the oldies music. And then I'd just be hearing new stuff and, knowing that, and hearing about how that was even a hit back then. But the radio stations have decided, oh, this isn't fitting within our box, I guess. Within our box. Um, oldie box of, and the three worlds. Our jukebox, <laughs> actually. And of what we want to put, put put out to the world and therefore we're going to make it seem as though that wasn't a famous song back then. Right. And that's just, it's unfortunate, you know, and there's, you can, that's what some, that's some, that is something good about like the streaming services, like even just YouTube, even, you know, you can, you discover. They'll recommend you uh, different songs from, uh, we listen to oldies music a lot. And when we say oldies music for you listeners out there, we mean fifties and sixties uh, music. Um, or even prior to some that, some too. stations, some oldie stations. I don't think there's too many out I don't there think anymore. But they anymore. they might consider seventies, eighties, and nineties oldies, I mean, which is weird to me. As we continue to move forward in time, the relative concept of oldness uh, can certainly shift. Yeah, sure, 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 sure. sure, sure, sure. sure. Uh, but it's it is still a bizarre. Th- but then, what do you call those things like? Solid gold oldies? Or I mean, or? I don't have the answer for yeah. you. Well, I just uh, have questions. <laughs> sure. Uh, questions? Let us I, I think we've take this moment to, to that, move on. That Bach of consciousness is over. That Bach of yeah. consciousness. Or, yeah, the Bach of consciousness is over, yeah. Um, Bach one, means one stream, One more right? little that tidbit. Okay, yeah. Actually, there was a, a, a critic uh, of J.S. Bach who made a little pun. When he was first reviewing him, he said... Um, Something to along the lines of uh, this stream has dried up. Ah, oh, so, that's right, that's right. Yeah, um, yeah. So he he definitely did use he got the double on tone. He got him. Yeah, yeah. I feel yeah. like uh, Bach won that battle though, <laughs> or that war. <laughs> so I don't really remember the reviewer's name. <laughs> no. Well, actually, Bach was uh, wasn't as embraced as we embrace him now until the 1800s. Yeah, it's hmm. true. Mendelssohn had a lot to do with it, of, of uh, putting his works out into the world and making him known. Composers knew about his stuff, and they thought, oh, he's the man. But they, he really wasn't verbatim, he didn't that achieve was, that as was, much fame during hmm. his lifetime. He was like the Andy Kindler of his time. <laughs> the, the composer's composer. He was the uh, composer's composer, yeah. Yeah, he was, sure. I, I kind of he think... He was, uh, in a way... Or I mean, a Todd Glass, what, if you will. Oh, yeah, I love Todd it. Glass. In a way, I mean, without tooting our Weinbach name, the Brent Weinbach of... Oh, of, sure. Uh, of, Why not? Of, 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 um, yes, know, but he... Like. Or, uh, yeah, but I don't know. In fact, his sons were more... Uh, uh, Philip Emanuel... Uh, uh, Carl Philip Emanuel. Carl Philip and, C.P.E. Bach was more famous during his time Wilhel- than his Wilhelm... Um, no, Phil. no, yo, what? And there was Wilhelm. Uh, anyway, we're, well, we're Johann Christian yeah. Bach. Well, anyway, we're 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 going we're going off. We're deep deep end. We're going off Before topic. we get to our, our our topic, sorry, I just want oh. to mention a few station uh, station, station business. business station business. Um, Los Angeles friends, uh, we have we're bringing our show out there. Not our podcast show. Not a podcast. Our stand up comedy our, show. Our stand up comedy and music show. 
uh, vintage bass with Max and Nikki. It's going to be at Dynasty Typewriter on Thursday, August 8th, 2019. And uh, you can get ticks now at dynastytypewriter.com or just go to maxandnikki.com. We'll lead you to the right place. Uh, we've got a great lineup, including James Adomian, DJ Doug Pound, Lizzie Cooperman, Kevin Kamia, and a surprise guest. That sounds great. Two. Sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah, It's yeah. going to be a fun lineup. Uh, we got some, uh, for, for Los Angeles friends, we've got some new bits that you haven't seen before, some uh, songs that you might have not seen us perform before, so it's, it's going to be a, a fun one. Anyway, right. that's, anyway. That's, that's, that's the business we business. have. Business. Um, Let's get into it, guys. Let's get into it. The word literally. Um, I, uh, I'll just start off by saying, uh, as we mentioned at the top of the show, Max and I and our friend Andrew Michon and our older brother Brent, we all hate the word literally. We really don't like it. We don't like how it's overused in, in, uh, by everyone. In my opinion, it makes a lot of people sound like valley girls. When well, they don't just, intend also, to be, yeah. but they also, it's, makes it's, them a, sound filler, inarticulate. It's, a, it's a filler word, like the word like, that makes them sound inarticulate, but what's even worse is they are trying it's, to it's, sound, they're trying to sound intellectual or articulate by using the word literally. Well, it's, I, as I was thinking yesterday, I was thought, it's filler masquerading as adequate way of, as an adequate way of expressing yourself. Can I ask a brief clarification? What if they pronounce it? Literally. Literally. <laughs> That's even worse. Yeah. Okay. And I actually think that, and by the way, I use the word actually a lot, which is also a bad word to use, and I'm trying to not use it as much. Um, but because it's not so per- pervasive uh, in, in our culture yet, I'm more okay with the word actually than literally. Can I ask another question? When, when people say it's lit, do you get worried that they're about to continue <laughs> uh, and do the rest of the word early? I, 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 I get worried immediately because I also hate the word lit. Sure. Really? What yeah. about, uh, have you ever heard Not anyone English say lit, it's literally lit? Oh, that I've is, heard that. I've heard that. I think I've heard that. That's pretty, I, I never, I haven't heard that. And so I'm pretty excited about it. I also did once, <laughs> I think, uh, tweet it's lit, uh, as a reference to a class on books that, sure. uh, yeah, it's lit next period. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so you like British lit. Okay. That, okay. That I'm okay with the, oh, like, you oh, like, I'm taking short for literature, you English like that? lit or something like that. That's, that's fine with me because I actually majored in comparative lit. Ah, um, complete, you might say. Complete, yeah. with an emphasis on, on fret-lit. French? Fret-lit. Yeah, fret-lit. And how was that class? You might say it was, it was pretty lit, right? I might not say I that. don't think you I'm just, I wouldn't. You, I, might, I, yeah. you might. You might, but, but you, you wouldn't. wouldn't. Actually, wouldn't. Not even might. It was an absolute no on so, that. So, um, basically, this is the way we feel about the word literally, and we want to put an end to it, especially... Because well, I really just, do feel like uh, well, yes, it it's just it even yeah. when people use it correctly and it can be used correctly, it's it's used so much that it's it's as if the significance of using the word. It's as actually. if the Kardashian culture found its way into everybody's lives without everybody realizing it. 
it's not thought. frequently used correctly. I mean, yeah, to, it's ba- most, to back up and identify the, the misuse of it, which I, I feel like maybe wasn't even totally explained, you know, like you, sorry, we did not explain that. You're not even, you're not even comfortable with people who use it in a, uh, in, in the, in a literal way, in the strict sense of it, <laughs> meaning something to like the, the letter of the, the, Strict truth. I'm right when they the when they as opposed to meaning emphatically, which is I'm, how people how use people it. use it. I'm, I'm more or okay. absolutely or, or figuratively. Or figuratively. A brief example, or like figuratively. Yeah. Let's say somebody was uh, accidentally like they lit. They dropped some like a, a lit match, so, so to speak. <laughs> it's it's interesting that lit is in this actually because it's not even uh, a part of what I'm about. To, so somebody drops a lit it, lit match on their clothing. Their clothing are now burning, and somebody's like, "Hey, are your pants on fire?" And he says, "No." It's like l- your pants are literally on fire. So, so and meanwhile, that person was saying something that was hyperbolic, and they were also they thought they were being challenged about a potential lie. So like, yeah, I did. Go Go on a date with Cynthia Nixon from Sex and the City, which is a great show that you should watch the first half of every episode. <laughs> and someone was like, your pants are on fire. And he's like, no, it's true. And they're like, no, literally, dude, your pants are off flame. Sure. Like that. You don't um, like that? So That's here's, charming. Here's the thing. I am more okay with that. But, but I will say that because it's been so overused... I can't Even stand in the, the incorrect word. way or cor- I mean, yes, it's it's more rarely used correctly actually now. But uh, because it's so overused, I just I, I have I'm an immediate to, distaste to, for the word. You know? And you know what? We should all try to stop using it for a period of time, and and after a while, we can reintroduce it and start using it correctly more often. I have uh, I have two two things to offer. One. Uh, at least two, uh, maybe a million. Uh, one is I read a book <laughs> called uh, Several Short Sentences on Writing or About Writing. I don't remember exactly. But seven, s- several Short Sentences on Writing. And it's written by a person named Klinkenborg is their last name. I, I remember like that. I've heard that name. And it's, uh, it's an ama- I really love the book. It's like there's just the set. The book is made up of these short uh informative sentences it's a book that in the introduction the the person is the author is a writer and the writer is telling basically here is how i recommend if you would like to be a writer here are some not rules but like ways that you can become a better writer in my experience and the author says i'm not going to try to teach you how to write like me i'm going to hopefully help you try to write like yourself and one example in the book that uh the author gives is uh he coins the term volunteer sentences and he says to avoid these that is like if you're writing and something comes to you so easily it just like rolls like right out of your mind ready to go off the tongue you're like wow what a beautiful turn of phrase probably be suspicious of that because it might be something that somebody else has already said interesting and, and you would like to be original so if wow. somebody just if a sentence just volunteers itself to you and was like hey like i think part of what what i think your issue with the word is is it's like the word itself is not inherently a problem. It's the overuse, the, yes, the yes. sort of ubiquitousness of the word, which means it's like not original for any one person to use it in a certain situation. So I feel like that has a something it, in it common. It makes the language stale, yes. right? With yeah. the with the volunteer sentence, like uh, because it's not obviously the word literally is not itself a sentence, but the usage of it is sort of like a, oh. A, you people say it, other people hear it, other people hear it. And so it sort of like virally spreads right. through right. the language, which right. is how popular words work sometimes. Right. I, feel like, I, I feel like I, we, I personally do have a, an adverse reaction 
to trends in mm-hmm. general, or, or uh, if this means anything at all, popular trends. If that's, I don't know if that's like a weird. Sure, I understand. Expression, but well, yeah, yeah. Uh, just to piggyback off that, um, I lost my train of thought because you interrupted Sorry. me. Sorry, I, it's I okay, can give you ahead. my second, my second point, which is uh, talking about using it incorrectly is, uh, in a way, funny because the fact that it has been used to mean both literally yeah. and figuratively, you may have been been made aware that I believe in the Oxford English Dictionary, it, it now is yes. an official, acceptable, correct usage, which is I like think the way stupid, that though. language works. Language that works. They keep an eye on how language is used yes. because if you're like, well, we should, I don't want language to change, then we should be speaking like Shakespeare or like Chaucer yes. or like Old English, yes. and that doesn't make sense either. You're right. Okay. Right. Uh, that was, I wanted to know about that also. So yeah, you guys have so there exactly. So there's like uh you know, there's a prescriptive way of talking about language and a descriptive way where you describe how people actually use language. Yeah. And I think most people agree that some some set of rules somewhere in the middle is like a rough way to like have newspapers printed and stuff. But I would love to know how you guys feel about other examples of words that are subject to this kind of, this kind of change. Like the word word actually? I don't think, I'm, I don't have an awareness. Sorry, sorry. Actually doesn't, uh, I, I, I'm sorry. I got confused by the question. Uh, Okay. Here, I was thinking about this with the word cool even. Sure. Mm. I'm sure back in the day people were like, cool, I'm not, it's not, I'm not feeling, you know, cool. And they were talking about, oh, no, I'm talking about it's hip, it's neat, it's cool. Um, I don't know how, I mean, this has been so long ago, I'm sure, when that was introduced into our lexicon. But uh, I imagine people were uh, maybe hesitant to embrace it, maybe at first. And, but here's my problem with the word literally how it differs, actually. Sure. Because to me, when you would say... Uh, like let's say you got a piece of information from somebody and it literally came from the straight straight from the horse's mouth for instance for some reason but that and that would that's be a Mr. weird Ed that's, talking that's, yeah, yeah or yeah, maybe you got a piece that of paper would be that Mr. Came Ed from, talking yeah speaking of a, an old TV show oh, that yes. we remember fondly because uh, I watched it on Nick at Night growing up Nick at Night too. tells right. us that that was a popular show at the time okay sure. anyway well in we did event, watch it on uh, Mr. Nick Ed Night, so. whispered a secret to you right yeah. What a weird show. Yes, it's a very weird show. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. What, what a weird show in an age where we all love BoJack Horseman. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, also a weird show and what, a great show. Yeah. It's funny because I immediately thought of Ren Stimpy, the, the horse character who mm. says, who said, no, sir, no, sir, I don't, I don't like, like it. it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so I but would if say you literally if got I, a- if I Oh, yeah. When we use that word in the past... There was some significance when we used it because, uh, and it they it clarified. It was used as a clear, you know, to clarify. No, this actually happened to me, and it was pretty amazing that it happened. It literally, I it literally got it straight from the horse's mouth. Um, to to make the distinction between the our idiom idiom or uh, our figurative language, but now Again, because it's used as Ed. now because it's used in both ways, as a figurative way, I literally had a thousand uh, dates the other week. Are you, did you literally, you had a thought, you can say it's not even in changing the inflection in the way you say it, people are saying it in the same manner 
it's confusing. And that's the difference between other I, words. I don't actually. accept the argument that it's confusing. I feel like in the example that you then just— Then you have to further describe, like, oh, I, do you I mean I think in the example you just gave, you'd have to be uh, kind of a blockhead to be like, did you mean you had exactly 1,000 okay. dates the other day? Okay, but that, I was using an extreme example. I feel like most of the time it's pretty clear based on context whether someone's using it in the kind of um, loose sense of emphatic. No, okay. There were literally 1,000 people in the classroom. Or, or in, the, in the auditorium. There were literally a thousand people in the auditorium. It was a huge show for me. There were literally a thousand people. That could be a true, that could be figurative. That could be, okay. you're not being precise about this it. Is, Who knows? That, that's not, that's not the way I feel about it. I you like guys, this. Is, I want to separate you guys. Yeah. I want to so sep- drive the hairs. wedge between how you two perceive the Here's words. The so this is great. Let's hear this. I was Nikki. watching uh, a clip from the daily show and there was a correspondent. Well, won't say who it was. Um, you could, but no, no, no. But Don't they were talking to uh, the host Trevor Noah, and they were talking about something. So we I can't remember what it wasn't was. Trevor Noah, and I they guess. said they said um, these were almost the exact words they said. It was like literally gross. I it think was that like sounds, literally gross. That sounds funny to me. It has the filler word of like in there, and then the new filler word we feel of literally. Or you could just say it was gross, and that could be emphatic in and of itself. Like it literally, gross. Glo- gross sounds like a very intentional comedic voice choice. It wasn't intentional because it seemed that it wasn't scripted. Actually, it would have. Actually, I'm saying actually. Right? I would need more context for that particular issue, but I I understand where you, where you're coming from. I feel in along the the lines of like the originality. Like if everyone is saying it, yes, then. It, it's not that it loses meaning, but that it is, it is easy, it is boring, it is something that, like, if you want more, if you want to be more poetic, more unique, you know, in your own, you know, in your own art, and also in, like, the, the lost art of conversation, in, and that's a thing there, that's a volunteer sentence, I didn't make up the lost art of conversation, <laughs> right, uh, I just, the found art of new conversation, uh, and, so I feel I totally I understand your desire to not have everyone saying literally as much as possible all the time. And I think obviously the thing that you can do uh, to help the the vision that you foresee that your your desires, your ideals for the world moving forward of everyone doing it less is obviously like being the change that you would like to see in the world sure. and you yourselves doing your best to and avoid saying ta- it. No, again, I don't want to, uh, I also don't want to put that, uh, the perception out there that we're, um, averse to change in language. I'm all, I'm all, I'm open to that completely. It is a big part of it is yes. The staleness that comes with overuse and part of it actually, what does annoy me too is that, it's, it's not only that, it's that when people do use the word literally, they feel that they are being um, I, not just adequate, but also proficient in their description, actually. If I may, I'll say when your description of uh, the person who said, or yours, whoever, whoever said it was <laughs> literally gross. Like, li- uh, like, like literally, literally gross. Like literally, like, I think, I mean, in some ways, literally has come to mean very and emphatically that's exactly yeah, what emphatically, it means. Yeah. absolutely so, but they so well, they said it was like very gross yes which sounds weird and uh, but also, yeah right? like doesn't add anything meaning wise to it so let's say that's if, why I'm, yeah. I'm even more accepting of the word like than literally go ahead sorry. interesting oh yeah so i i would say it is we are undergoing like 
like a paradigm shift yeah. in in which there are people like my grandmother was a grammar teacher or she was that's that actually is something that I say but she was a a grade school teacher she uh-huh. taught many things including grammar and so when I, I have a joke about it where I say she's a grammar teacher for sake of ease but I'm glad that I could complicate it here for all of us uh <laughs> my grandmother one time uh said to me when I said this was like really fun or very fun mm-hmm. I and she told me that uh fun was a noun and couldn't be modified with an adverb really? uh, but i to me fun is also like this is a fun activity fun this can be an adjective yeah. but going back it, there's sort of this there's no defined lines of when things switch part of sure, speech or sure. switch what they mean because it's there's so many however many english speakers or how many speakers of the language there are at a given time there are generations and then there are cultures and subcultures yeah. and so much change in our language like new terms get introduced like so certainly there's a lot of people in certain communities like uh the hip-hop community introduces a lot of new terms sure, like, yeah, they the do. way that shakespeare used to perhaps or, or the same yeah. way that uh jazz hipsters used to back in the day cool know? the word cool and so and it's interesting because when you brought up cool i thought about the the way that some people now self-included will sometimes for fun and i think this is another volunteer sentence for fun vol- uh yeah anyway. example of like cool 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 like that i don't know who the first person to say cool that many times in a row was for fun humorous artistic effect but a lot of people do it now because it's i think if that's what it's it starts as some combination of fun and or useful either it is initially communicating something in a way whether for emphasis or for a you know a humorous poetic yeah uh, some sort of delivery or effect it starts that way and then sure. like everyone isn't coming up with their own unique lingo and yes. jargon all the right. time yeah. we're we're sort of sponges you know we we see people oh you know this person sure, yeah. said this in a song this sure. person said this in a comedy act you know there's certain people come up with you know sticky terms sticky usages and it's sort of so whoever whoever did it and it might not have been a single person sort of like the way that when birds are flying and then you know they're in a in a v pattern and then right. one of them the, oh they start turning and they all turn kind yeah. of at the same time right. because they're all sensing who's turning around them that's sort of what society is doing linguistically sure, sure. and so it's just that there is this preponderance of people doing it. And I think it's funny because I'm not even sure if having this conversation here will, there might be people listening who are like, yeah, I'd like to try to not say it as frequently because I don't want to be as stale. I don't want to be just a follower of the crowd. I'd like to be more unique and original and speak my own literal mind as much as I can. What about literal? Are you okay with literal? More? No, I'm yeah, not. Fair yeah, enough. Same, no, say, say, well, same thing. Same, same yeah. thing. Oh, I'm okay with that. Uh, um, here's, oh, sorry. I just, oh, I was just okay. going to say though, that the, just to, we were talking about how in the Oxford dictionary that it's, it means uh, the precise definition of it and, and also the figurative. Yes. It also does mean, it, they also added the extra definition of it meaning emphatically or absolutely definitely. Got I, it. I looked that up as well. well that's reasonable. Um, sorry, I, I just I wanted to piggyback Based off what of, oh, we were yes, saying you know, because people use it I, that way. I ultimately that what you're saying, I think it's kind of missing the point of what I'm saying is I'm okay as much as it pains me to say, I'm more okay with with expressions like that was lit or that was fire. As much as I hate them, I'm more okay with them because those are in a way Literally uh, is different than slang. Yeah, literally yes, is not liter- this, not in the liter- same category. Literally as slang. is is not. It, it, yeah, but it is look, it is still. Um, 
but it, uh, a, a way we start to well, speak and we have, we start to, um, it's like an indie follow comedian, each other yeah. and how, how we do. It's yeah, like yeah. an indie comedian breaking through. Like it sure. might've been, there might've been people using it in ways like in this, in the way that it's used mainstream, right, right, right. like in smaller, you know, smaller subcultures initially, but then, you know, then our moms started doing it. Right. Our moms, well, that's, yeah. It's funny you see your moms. Cause I was watching one of those, uh, Hollywood reporter roundtable discussions with like actors and some of my favorite, you know, moms. actors oh. were uh, moms. <laughs> my some of my favorite moms. Some of my favorite actors were on it. Like, uh, like Ted, Ted Danson was in this roundtable discussion. Sure. Don Cheadle and um, I, I can't remember who else, but Ted Danson. Did you say Ted yeah. Danson first started using in in this discussion? And I noticed he uses it a lot. As any interview I listen to him in, he says the word. He says literally too to try to sound smarter and. He said is it right, so much that when and everybody really, yeah. in the circle at at a point, Sasha Baron Cohen even, who I think is a genius, he even was starting to use and it. British. The, it and so British. it's 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 a contagious word. And I, I think all words are, but and you're now particularly attuned to this one. So now right. you're spe- especially going to notice it whenever it happens. But for sure, yeah, if but, we have a conversation, one of us uses a word, then they, I almost said earlier, like, and I'm going to piggyback on what you said because right. you put piggyback sure. into my head. Sure. Uh, and but so that happens. The idea that older people are doing it, like, I'm sorry, Ted Danson, that you are He's older. older yeah. You are older. Um, you know, he was around a time, or he was, he, he's lived a long life, and um, back before literally was used so, so ubiquitously, um, he wasn't using it before. And, and so the idea that this popular word has seeped into his almost subconscious, and he's saying it without knowing he's actually doing it, and he's doing it a lot, is, I, I, I don't know, I see a problem there, for me at least. But we haven't asked you guys yet what your, what your opinion is. On it. You, we've talked ex- about it. We've, ex- we've described the usage of it. But I actually want to know what your opinions are of it, Here, of the word literally. Here's what I'll say. First, I think uh, a thing I was saying earlier, I'm going to just add a, a second point to when I said uh, there might be people listening who resonate with this, who are like, yeah, your point is good. I wish this would happen and maybe like, I'll stop doing it. I'll tell other people to stop using it. And maybe we can get to a place where people aren't doing it as much. But also it's possible that the opposite could be, there might be people listening like, I've never even thought of that. Not even a problem. I'm going to use it more. Like even just having the conversation yeah, might sure. perpetuate more of the sure, use of it. Sure, sure, sure. I've, done that. I've yeah. done that in the past too, where I, I've, I've kind of run without, my ground and I'm just a rebel really without a cause, I guess. You know? And so to answer your literally to answer without your question, a cause. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, to answer your question of how I feel about it, I before I came on the show and, bef- and before you told me that this would be the topic, I certainly wasn't thinking about it as much as you were. So I would say that I wasn't noticing it as much as you I were. I almost thought you were going to say, I thought about it intensely. And, <laughs> and- <laughs> uh, but I mean, it is certainly something that I feel like in comedy, I remember David Cross's first album, uh, Shut Up You Fucking Baby. Do you guys, it was like a double album that sure, came yeah, out yeah, in yeah. maybe the early 2000s, I think. I know there was a joke about 9-11, so it was soon after that. It was maybe, you know, sometime in the, like, maybe 2003 or something. And he had a joke about, uh, like, sort of attacking people for using literally, quote-unquote, incorrectly. Yeah. Uh, it was somebody 
somebody said, I think they literally shit their pants or something. Right. Uh, but they didn't, like, it was the, I think they said it was like, that was so funny. I literally shit my pants. And then David Cross's character is like, what did you do with the pants, you know? <laughs> and they're like, what? He's like, if you literally shit. So I feel like this is something that so like, premise, you yeah. are, you know, you're addressing now that I certainly have, like I, at that point also, I wasn't like, oh my God, David Cross is naming a phenomenon that I have never seen or never thought about. Like I thought he did, he did it in a funny way that I wasn't even really, I, if I was a comedian at that point, I hadn't been doing it for that long. I'm like, oh, that's a, a funny joke, a funny, and I hadn't heard that joke done at that point. Uh, but so since then, I feel like I don't, I would love to see stats on. Sure. Like, no, yeah. I know there's, uh, you know, the, the daily show and other shows use technology to find clips where people are saying the same phrases, you know, well, they, like, use, they have a technology for that. It's not just a researcher. Yes. I, I learned, I forget what it's called, but they, I think it might've been it created or invented for specifically shows like maybe the, actually the daily show and then every other show has access to it now yeah. where they, they pay for use of it. Yeah. Uh, it's a program that where you don't have to watch all the news, but you can just input uh, a search term and then they'll deliver to you all of the examples of people, you know, in whatever time frame using that term. So I would love to see, you know, obviously we can't search all of reality, all of the English speaking world, but we could, you know, it could be we could searched, search all of Ted Dance's interviews. Yes. And we could yeah. search media. It could search <laughs> yeah. the news. It could search, you know, TV, like whatever Google TV trends shows. does this. You can look up word usage over time on, you know. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. And cool. so I would love to see uh, how, how its frequency has changed over the course of yeah. you know, the last 10, 20, however many years. That would be a really interesting thing because for me, I would say I don't have, I certainly don't have as much of, I don't, I will say number one, I don't have as much of a problem with it as you do. I would say I even don't have a problem with it. Not that I'm, I'm not sympathetic to your, your emotional reaction. And I'm sure that also there are larger things in the world that uh, it, it isn't that you Wait, care you're about. you're not sympathetic or you are? I, no. I am sympathetic. I'm sympathetic to your emotional reaction sure. because I also presume that this is not the only thing in the world that uh, can, you're like, this, you're not like, this is the, once this is fixed, then the world is well, fine. No, yeah, no. There no, are certainly other things and perhaps this is even like, uh, you know, an enjoyable distraction. This is the, distraction. the, this is the yeah. crux this of the Israeli-Palestinian yeah. conflict yes. is the word literally. <laughs> and so uh, I definitely... I think that I uh, am on a path through my life. Like I studied linguistics uh, in grad school and I studied philosophy and psychology in undergrad. And I used to love and still do love, but I used to love like learning about the rules of grammar in English and other yeah. languages and like diagramming Which is one sentences. of the reasons that we had you on, oh. on the episode because we knew you're very much into language. Anyway. And sorry. I appreciate it. And so I feel like I used to- I be, didn't even yeah. know that you, you studied linguistics. Oh, I yeah. just, based on your comedy- Understood. Yeah, yeah. I just assumed that there was some sort of uh, or, connection. Or based, on, based on my emails with you. Yes. You know? I, right. That's right. That's right. So here's uh, a thing that I've talked about on stage a little bit, but uh, also just a real story about my childhood. Uh, one time my dad was a teacher and I went into, I was a kid and I, I was off from school and I went in, it was right 
before like the holidays in December. Yeah. And I went into school with him to just, you know, hang out with my dad while he was working at the last couple of days of his school. And another teacher saw me and said like, Merry Christmas. And I said like, I'm Jewish. And I feel like that, uh, I call myself in the, in my act in the past, a Jewish bag. Uh, like, I think that that's, that's not a way, if somebody says Merry Christmas to me today as an adult, I say, thank you. Uh-huh. Or also Merry Christmas. Right. And also to you. Like, right. because I understand the, in, in fact, the spirit of what they're wishing me is kindness yeah. uh, and not the letter as in literal uh, of they're, they're not like, I demand that you have Christmas like I do uh, because I also, uh, I love various things about it, the holiday season, the Christmas season, giving the song, like there's so many things, the music. but I was definitely much more rule oriented as a kid. And I feel like a lot of, maybe not every kid, but a lot of kids are because like you learn rules and you're like, now we apply the rules. And when they're broken or not followed by adults or by people in certain situations, you're like, Hey, you're doing this wrong. And there's a lot of like conflation of wrong when something is wrong technically like in grammar and wrong, like ethically and morally. And some people think there's certainly people who are like, it's, it's wrong to, you know, to use the wrong fork etiquette wise. And that that's like, I have a friend, a woman whose grandmother's like uh, a high society, like debutante type lady. Mm -hmm. And her family tells her, she's like, you should laugh less loudly because it's unbecoming of a lady. Like it's wrong to do that in a way that they would, I would think has more of a, a moral content to it. Sure. And so it's funny you say that because I just sorry to interject real quick is, is, you know, I, I was a server for, for many years and, yes. and, um, I don't even drink. I I've never been drunk in my life. And, but if I see somebody serve a bottle of wine incorrectly, it bothers me. And I don't even know why I just ingrained in my head how you're supposed to correctly do it. And, and I don't like seeing when it, it's done, when somebody puts the bottle of wine on the table before opening it, or even before serving oh, sure. the wine, it's, it's, it bothers me. And, but it doesn't bother you on like a moral ethical level. No, no, you, know, no. you don't think that they are a quote unquote. On a technical bad, level. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like on an, this is, and so what we're talking about here is all aesthetics. Sure. And I do think it's fun to like the same way that like playing a game is fun where you're trying to win, not because you think that you are better in some way, you know, inherently than the friends that you're playing the game with, but because you're like, given the rules of the game, we're all going to try to like play the game and have fun. And also somebody's going to win the game if it's that kind of game. And so I feel like this is like, uh, as long as there's some people for whom the game of grammar is like, it's a game, this is a game sure, and it's sure. fun. And the rules are always changing. And and it is, I think it is a matter of aesthetics. It's definitely not a matter of ethics. Like it, right now, oh, of nobody is in any, in any danger from how, how much we use the word literally. It would be fun to find a literal example of somebody that's like, there's literally a lion coming towards you. It's like, ah, you know, we're all trying. It'd be, it would be, <laughs> that would be like a, a funny example to find if that could be searched for. But it seems like that would be the outlier, the exception, sure. uh, as opposed to the rule, which is just the aesthetic taste. And the thing, a thing that I've been striving to do more in my own life is focus on the things that I, that I like and the things that I want to do. And like the attention, obviously not to ignore the, the negative things. Obviously there are problems, uh, the ethical problems in the world, there's suffering and injustice. And those are things I love to focus on, like helping fix negative, you know, moral issues but sure. at, and so some for me now i'm focusing less on the aesthetic, aesthetic because these are things that i think if, you can't if change I, ultimately yeah i mean 
I could, I'll, I'll try, I'll strive to live the way that I want to live. And if there's a thing that I'm like, oh, I certainly, there are things that would strike my, my taste, you know, my, the palate of my, of my ear in a way that I'm like, oh, I wouldn't say that. So I won't say that, but I won't, I won't tell other people not to say it. And, uh, and I won't even tell you not to tell people not to say it. I'm like everyone, like, as long as you're not hurting anyone, go for it. Uh, but I do. So I'm sympathetic to your cause, but I, uh, I'm on the outskirts of it. Interesting. Well, it's I don't hold on. Hold on. I'm act, sorry. I just, we haven't heard from I Kevin know, just, on this. But just to piggyback off what you're saying, Kevin, <laughs> just to finish that thought. I wouldn't ever in public tell people what, how they should say something. Yes. If I know them well unless I know Unless I know them well, yeah. I mean, I, then I'll be like, come on, you can do that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, people can say however they want. Even then, it depends on, you know, the, the, the kind of emotional response that the, the person that you're close with might have usually to mentioning something that would correct their, their grammar. Well, it's not even correct. Because we've done that just... with certain friends with, with, with you know, your and your, oh, I mean, yeah. which which bothers me too, you know. Um, but it, or, were you, or, cor- you correct friends who like write in writing who mix up your and your? Is that what you mean? Yeah, or even even a worse. And this is a subject in like an me. informal text or something. You'd correct them. Uh, yeah, I might. Yeah, not maybe not an informal text, but because um, it might have auto completed completed the word your. But uh, even a worse. Uh, example See, would be, would would be the <laughs> use of the word I incorrectly and that's a, maybe a like topic just for between you and I that kind of yeah, thing I think just it's you called hyper urbanism but that's the same called, thing right? I think I can be applied to the same thing that we're, we're talking about literally in, this, it, in the sense that people try to sound smarter by saying there's a certain in amount all, of pretension, in, I feel, in, in, when in using all contexts, yeah. even when you're not supposed to be using the word I, and it makes them sound more stupid or ignorant, if, actually. If I, if I may respond to this briefly, the, I think the, the term that I've heard for this is uh, hypercorrection. So, oh, hypercorrection. So, for example— uh, yeah, That's yeah. probably what it's called, yeah. Like, when, when you're growing up, let's say, as a kid, if you say, me and him went to the store, your teacher or an adult will probably say, oh, it's he and I. So in that situation, we don't say me, we say I. Right. And so I think, I would say that there's a lot of people who are not trying, they're, they're not trying to sound smart, they're, they're trying to they're just not do the wrong thing, yeah. but they are over applying the rule of, oh, don't, this is a situation, is this a situation where yeah. I, I usually would say me? So it, it's like, it's double, they're, right. they're tricking themselves. It's like the, right. the scene in Princess Bride, like, yeah. oh, did I, did I put right, the wine right. in front of me or, or I? Did it's I? funny because yeah. I would, yeah. I would rather them always use me because it sounds more conversational and I, I it doesn't prefer- sound as though that they're trying. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, yeah. sorry. Yes. Kevin. No, not literally. I mean, what are your thoughts? I sometimes accidentally do this with the word bagel because I'm from the upper Midwest and was raised to pronounce uh, like one syllable that ends in ag as egg, like flag or bag. And so, in trying to kind of cleanse my accent, you know, <laughs> overcorrect, hypercorrected, and turning everything into ag, and so sometimes I will accidentally say bagel because of uh, really? hypercorrection. Really? So not not usually. Most of the time, I, I nail it. I really am. I so you know, you <laughs> stick the landing. Just but. So to be to to clarify, you grew up saying bagel. 
or you? How did you say? I didn't it? eat bagels growing up. Okay. I don't know. But um, you would have, if you looked at that word, would you? Sure. Have, you would yeah, have said bagel. bagel. Yep. And, and but you're like, there are other words that look the same, but you would have said it differently. Right. And what's an example of one? Because I didn't recognize the other words. Fl- flag for flag. Oh. Bag for bag. F L A G. Yeah, I would bring oh. my bag to the store. You know, some because oh. I used to. You know, I didn't quite talk this bad, but like sometimes I would say, "Well, I got this bag here." And you I know, gotcha. B A G. You would say bag. And so you look at bagel and you're like. Oh, got to correct bagel. it. Bagel. Exactly. That's a bag. Right. But I, I kind of like that as uh, that's something endearing, actually. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. Right. And so, these are all right, things. Accents yeah. can be, I, I think, are more endearing. I mean, because that is unique and specific to that person. Yeah. Actually. And you that's can't. It, it's a quick, a quick thing sorry. about this. Uh, there's a, I think when I went to school in Boston, a friend from the Midwest who pronounced it more bagel. They, mm. somebody from, there were somewhere that they pronounced it bagel. They ordered, they wanted just a plain bagel. They ordered a bagel. And at that place, <laughs> B apostrophe E-G-G-E-L was like a bagel with an egg on it. So they received like an egg sandwich. <laughs> oh, that's on too a, perfect. That's on a bagel. Oh, oh my God. They're like, I just wanted a bagel. And they're like, yes, that's the that's sandwich the, that we call the bagel. bagel. Yeah. I hated. We had a friend growing up who who pronounced the word pillow. He would say pillow. Oh, yeah. sure. And that that annoyed us. Anyway, um, flag. No. I love it. Anyway, what a flagrant uh, violation of our rules. That's funny. Anyway, uh, Kevin, so I don't want to go on a flag. What rant. Are your opinions on? Yeah, no, I don't know. I mean, I think really. I think this is I think this has been an interesting discussion that's been very very rich. There's a lot what, of has stuff it been going on. Pick a side, we Kevin. Well, no, I will no, pick, you pick a side and we're going to argue. I I uh, I mean, I uh, am uh, I appreciate your sentiment, uh, Mike. That um, <laughs> that <laughs> it is. <laughs> I'm, I'm, it's certainly not like a hot button issue for me. Uh, in no, we church. like to discuss it's not the mundane and, and of course, really picking apart the trivial. And we were talking about the distinction between it being an aesthetic judgment versus a moral judgment. And I actually think that language is inherently inflected with values. And so I do think that there are interesting, like, un, you know, uh, like kind of um, quiet ethical reactions embedded in, in how we react to how people talk. Sure. And, um, so, you know, and I think literally might be an example of that. I think literally is an interesting, an interesting word. I think it's a, it's a gendered word for sure. I mean, you use the phrase Valley girl and Kim Kardashian and you didn't reveal the gender of that daily show critic uh, or daily show, uh, correspondent. Uh, it, it would be funny if it was a critic and they were the one who, who criticized oh, yeah. Bach and that would be said funny. that that was the stream that uh, yeah well Can't let's not reveal the gender how about yeah, no, yeah, I, no I, go I for that go for do it do it I won't reveal the uh, but um, it's I'm I'm sorry it's, it's funny because valley girl the term valley girl is so ingrained in my head but in this day and age would would that be an offensive thing to say I mean, I'm not offended at all I'm just suggest well, and I don't I who who am I to say I'm just suggesting that I I think that you know uh, I certainly find myself walking around hearing people talk in New York everyone talks very differently um and you know if you like try to dig into some of the reactions you have to like what sounds familiar or unfamiliar or unfamiliar mm-hmm. how or like what resonates well or differently or however I, I think you can kind of polish off some some value judgments in there and how you react to the things people say and how they talk and i i certainly for a long time have thought of literally as a kind of gender inflected language trend Really um, interesting. Sure. Did, would you say that's not something you've you thought that more females you would use that more? It's a, so it, I would say it's associate it as it 
scans female. It scans what? as like a gendered woman thing. Yeah, it's interesting you say I, that because I I was I had mentioned that that roundtable discussion Ted with Danson. all male actors, right? And, and I'm, I'm not saying unique. exclusively at all. Right, but maybe but. at its origin, you maybe it had you in your mind you thought it maybe uh, was more. I can see uh, how you would prevalent think, amongst I can see why you I mean, that. in the same way that, like, plenty of women would use the word dude in, like, the California style, uh, I would say dude scans. Dude, I don't think— I think dude scans is, like, a male well, these, oh, expression I see, I see, I see. in oh. spite of the fact that many women might use it. These days, right. maybe more evening out because of Broad City's uh, dude popularity from well, I, woman to woman as well. I think Broad City is a good example of, like, a cultural artifact that really intentionally kind of undermines a lot of— like gender inflection in, in vernacular sure. language. Can I also, I want to respond to the thing you're saying about the values and the judgments that we have uh, to the things that we are, of course, like, you know, as human beings, we react to the things uh, like in our environment. I haven't really said anything yet, but in my uh, linguistic studies, uh, we, discuss, we discussed a, an experiment they did at three department stores, I believe in New York City, and I think they and the aim was to have like one high end, one uh, you know inexpensive, and one midway. So I think it was like uh, Saks Fifth Avenue and uh, Macy's and Woolworths at the time, like in maybe the fifties or something. Whenever this was being done, maybe the sixties, and they would go into each of these places and they would ask for ask a, an employee for something that was found on the fourth floor, and then. They would say, where do, where do, where are the linens? And then, uh, it sort of broke down, uh, by class. They're like, cause it would be, a, a, you know, a higher paid, uh, set of workers working at the higher end store than at the lower, uh, lower paid people at the lower end store. And the lower the pay grade, the more likely it would be for someone to use the, have the accent fourth floor, like a, you know, kind of a, right. a New York, a Brooklyn, uh, could be a Boston, which is interesting because there's nothing inherent, inherently like classed about that, uh, that pronunciation, because also that's the British pronunciation, which is sometimes also say, oh, fourth floor. Like that could be, I'm not doing a great job, but fourth floor. Dropping, yeah, dropping the R right. is a thing that is done in like, you know, high British society sure. as well as yeah. the. Nothing you know, to fear, but fear itself. Well, I think yeah. that's, that's the, uh, that, that's the evolution of the English language is that I'm sure they landed that in the Americans East Coast. were influenced by the British. The further oh, yeah, west to, you get, the yeah. less of an accent there is, I think. And, and so the, the point of the experiment was they, they would also then, uh, sometimes pretend like they hadn't heard. And so then they would say, oh, what was that again? And then very frequently, if someone had said fourth floor without the R's, uh, they would then enunciate like further as though the same way, you know, there's like code switching where people will speak one way, you know, so let's say in their like community. The, the movie um, that came out recently, um, what's it called? Uh, the, 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 Boots, yeah. what, was, what was it called? Uh, Boots Riley film? Oh, Boots yeah. Riley film, right? uh, yeah, the one about the, the phone. Yeah, yeah. The, the phone code, voice. Yeah, Sorry the phone to bother voice. you. Yes. Sorry to bother you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so people are aware, like the people who worked at Woolworths were aware that, oh, uh, maybe they didn't understand me or maybe I would be being judged. Like, like they became self-conscious. But it's interesting because like the judgments that we put on, on the, like the language isn't about the, the judgment isn't about the language. The judgment is about like the people. The judgment in, is ultimately potentially more about 
us. And like, I'm also like, I'm not immune to like, I, my, my goal is to not judge. And it's very difficult because also being like, I try not to judge is also like being judgy of the concept of judging. Like sure, I, I don't, sure. I try not to judge judgers even. And I'm like, Oh, I'm judging myself because I'm, if I'm judging, then I'm judging myself for judging. But uh, isn't it funny when you do run into somebody who truly seems like they would never judge anybody or, you know, and, and it just seems like, wow, this person is the nicest person. Anyway, I think it sometimes comes off as someone being unthinking when I encounter mm-hmm. a person who seems like incapable of critically assessing stuff around them. I actually right. think, I think people I should be discerning and, uh, but I actually well, come, I think it, it yeah, comes across as somebody who genuinely finds the good in, in somebody despite maybe what problems lie there and you know? the way it comes across is more about the person receiving it that because we can never know what's going on inside of another person it really mostly only tells us about ourselves which is why like when i, I certainly notice older. all the time when people use the you know the incorrect your or their or me or whatever it is but i and i i'm i'm glad to be in a place now where for myself like i think i I sort of wrote as a joke once the idea of like a conversation between somebody's like like you did the wrong thing by using the wrong your and i'm like well you did the wrong thing by telling me you know it's i think it's it's a a worse breach of etiquette to correct someone under certain circumstances than it is to accidentally sure. use the quote unquote incorrect term, which I just to go back and say, I, I certainly don't think that you guys are going around telling people on the streets like this crusade is important and we need to. No, no I am. No, I am. Not. And no, I'm no, also I'm not accusing you of bad politics for focusing on the word literally. I was genuinely excited to be here and I wasn't trying to like call out anything. I think, I think this is a super interesting. Oh, topic. I never actually. Well, uh, here's the I, thing. I interpreted that way. Who's yeah. upset? Great. Uh, but again, uh, that is maybe you're. I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm genuinely upset. But you're also um, when you said that y- you you were focusing on the politics of it. You uh, you had a, a preconception that he, it was political. Actually, that that he uh, thought about it as a female. Thing or engendered, you know the word. Well, it's literally. interesting you whether it's whether whether conscious or not. I'm I'm pr- I still presume that that's right. Yeah. It's right, interesting you, you say thought, that, and you said that because partially because he said Valley Girl in in the beginning. Now to us, to me, what he said Valley Girl as an umbrella term for the kind of language that is spoken in the Valley in Los Angeles County um, that has. It's it's like you, I'm saying like a lot. People say like a lot, and that is ubiquitous throughout the country now. It started there, though. And by the way, the Kardashians are from, are I believe from the Valley, right? Or right. Maybe they, so it wasn't. I to me because Nikki said that the maybe the the words Valley Girl. I mean, obviously there, there's a gender there, but uh, what he meant by that was not to place any uh, emphasis on gender. It's more just those people from the Valley because they're constantly using filler words like like. Or well, it is literally, like, it's a, it's a stereotype is, of their accent. Right, it's more about the, uh, they're incapable, they're not being capable of articulating themselves it, it's as funny well, or in, in a more diverse way, I guess. I have been in, in situations where I've overheard, and I, I really hate when people uh, kind of trash talk Los Angeles, because I, I, we're from that city, and we, we, I love that city. And they, I, like, love that city. <laughs> right. And they, uh, it's like literally awesome. They, they talk about it in such a way with such disdain, almost as if they've never truly explored that city. And while they're talking about it, 
they use express they use words like literally um in incorrect ways and they'll use them very frequently and it'll make them sound like the thing that they are making fun of or talk trash talking and i thought to myself it, sometimes they'll 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 attack the people in los angeles and i think well you're no different from from them they're good and bad people everywhere and you speaking in such a manner i can't really tell the difference between you and and somebody from Los Angeles or, or, or Seattle, because you're all going to be talking in that way. And, and I guess that, that you're talking about sort of the evolution of, of, uh, of language and how these words get, you know, they, they come into our vernacular and eventually everybody's going to start using the word literally. And we're not going to know that it, it may have sounded like a valley girl type of thing in the past, or to me it did at a certain point. It'll just be commonplace, maybe, hopefully not. Can I ask, wait, it already I, is commonplace. I have, a, I have a couple questions that are kind of parenthetical. One, what do you, what do, you do you guys have attitudes or feelings about, I don't mean that, yeah, you know, they feelings? do. Yeah, they sure do. About um, the ending a sentence in an up thing, you know, like when people make statements like, uh, you know, I kind of could go for some ice cream. No, I like that. No, um, no, I don't But like I will that. say this, I've always, uh, I think act, it's funny. Out of all the acting classes I've I've taken, um, I've always been taught to uh, introduce yourself, not uh, by going up, by going down. So my, my name is Kevin is, Crooks. Yeah, you want to say my name is Kevin Crooks, because it sounds more assertive and and uh, confident. Uh, is I believe Brent has a joke that I love and think of frequently, uh, where he talks about how some people will pick up the phone and say, hello. And then other people, he's like, I don't do that. I pick up the phone and I say, hello. Cause you don't question the phone. Sure. You answer the phone. Oh, that exactly. is funny. That's great. I love wow, that. I haven't heard that one in a long time. That's and, a good one. And then that sort of, I think about that sometimes when I'm talking to people about how, when I started doing comedy, it, I was more, I was less confident with, let's say what jokes I had that were funny. I didn't know as well how to be the comedian that I would become because I hadn't done that work and had that experience yet. So I felt like in the beginning, I was more asking jokes. I was like, is th is this a joke? As opposed to later, like not asking jokes, but telling jokes. So Interesting. That's um, a very interesting way of looking at comedy. I've, at comedy? Thank you. <laughs> thank um, you. <laughs> hello. I feel like I often will say hello if I'm getting an unknown hello. number, actually. Of course, because it means, hello, who is, who this? is this? What's it's, happening? It's implying yeah. the whole rest of the, the thing. That it's you don't funny. Even when, if, if my older brother or sister call, I'll always answer, maybe I'll go, hello, or something like that, you know, sure. where it's... It's, I think people are saying familiar. hello too much. I want to get that out of the language. You know, people are not saying <laughs> goodbye enough, though. Ah. I often am talking... Well, I hung with, up on you today without saying goodbye. They're well, all just, uh, did bizarre. you notice that? I don't know if I noticed that. But okay. I, as soon as I did it, I was like, oh, I should have said goodbye. Well, we talk with Brent on the phone pretty much every night. Um, and he... For those of you Brent, that don't know, Brent is older brother. brother, brother stand-up comedian. Stand comedian. He, I'll say, all right, Bye. And he'll just hang up and not re mm -hmm. reciprocate the, uh, the, the, the um, I, Are you sure that you think that it's people aren't saying goodbye as much or just the person that you talk to every night <laughs> doesn't no, say goodbye No, that's the only person much. in yeah. my life, really. So <laughs> pe people, I don't know. I know I, 
maybe you're right. I don't know. Maybe I'm 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 generalizing also, based on it, one person. Is it Brent who's the one who's saying literally all the time? And no, the Brent is. We exactly actually established. We established. All in, of it. Actually, um, there I go again with actually. Um, Brent wants to do a sketch on this with Andrew Mashan, and they want to. He wants to write something and talk about the word literally, or not talk about it, but may pr- portray it somehow. Sure. Of, Wait, uh, Kevin, of, just to be yeah. sure. Now, you did s- describe when we were, we were talking about literally, you were saying that uh, it has some inherent ethical uh, values attached to it, or there's a political uh, charge. There's a political in some charge. Way. That's a, that's but a good you way to put it. But you not describe what your actual opinion on, is on it. You're just describing what you feel is attached and to it. And maybe you don't sure. have and a maybe you, you, maybe you don't lean one way or the other. And this is, know. and this is, I guess actually was going to be the other thing I was going to remark on as a parenthetical, the parenthetical question is I, 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 uh, I'm fine with the word literally. I do not, I, uh, relate to what Mike was describing in terms of, uh, being more rule bound as a younger language learner and then kind of letting those, um, oh, yeah, we could be different. disintegrate a little bit. And, um, I have a really, I, I tend not to have, many pet peeves in general, I definitely don't have many language pet peeves. And I think one of the biggest reasons I don't really glitter is not a pet peeve of yours. Like mine. Come like again. You, glitter is not a pet peeve of yours. Like it is for me. I don't like the material of glitter. I don't think of that as a pet peeve. I'm, I'm joking. Um, anyway, sorry to interrupt. Sorry I do think glitter is like, re- I literally was in a meeting at work today. Literally. Glitterally for <laughs> he sure. He was glitterally in a, I was in a meeting today with my boss and I said that I thought glitter was horrifying. Uh, someone was telling a story about a, something called a glitter party, which I had never heard that of. That sounds, sounds awful. Yeah, that's what I said. I said, that sounds like fucking hell on earth. That sounds horrible. But um, sorry if you guys don't swear on this podcast. Can but. I ask a, a quick question <laughs> to sort of maybe draw out some of your opinion for when you went, what I got from when you were saying like whether or not it is gendered, whether or, or whether it was at one point or perhaps is now, because I also didn't initially think when you brought up the topic, I'm like, oh yeah, this is a thing that many people of all genders are capable of and manifest or will manifest or non-binary effect into the world. <laughs> uh, and, but I also, it does ring like your, your assessment does ring true that there certainly is at, if not literally every Valley resident, you know, even to say the fact that there is a stereotype of the Valley girl as, sure. uh, which I think is at least and a Valley boy. I should just say Valley boy too. But, but Valley boy isn't, it's not, it's as, not a word. No, isn't as common it. a no, phrase. So I think that, that. It, there is like an inherent, like you guys, like we're all part of the patriarchy. We're not being purposefully like sexist by perpetuating, you know, whether they're tropes that are sure. sexist or gendered in a way. But because this is something that Kevin, you've expressed, you are at least aware of, if not sensitive to in this case, uh, given this analysis, like, would you say that, you would like to not be like, if, if you were to say, okay, so it's more of a thing that uh, women are doing. And so for me as a man to say, we should stop it would be in a way paternalistic uh, that you wouldn't want to do. Sure. Yeah, potentially. And I would say even just a little more abstracted than that. Like, I just think the, uh, it's, it, I agree that I encounter people, uh, you know, men and women both using it. And I've seen like T-shirts online that make jokes about using it incorrectly. It's a widespread thing that I don't mean to isolate too much as 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 too gendered. But I think the scrutiny that it has undergone is, I think, potentially um, has it has a gendered aspect to it. And I, th- I think the scrutiny the, by us. 
<laughs> in this example, but also just more cult, more broadly, there culturally, broad there's cultural scrutiny. There's yeah. broad cultural there's scrutiny, broad and there are all sorts of ways. There's broad city cultural scrutiny, and there are all sorts of aspects of language that are changing all the time, being used in different ways. You know, the word peruse used to be uh, used to mean to read, read very thoroughly. carefully, yeah. and then evolved to mean read in kind of a scanning way. And, you know, just all sorts of like small language things and the things that catch fire and and, uh, get a lot of scrutiny, I think sometimes can get that scrutiny for a reason. And and the biggest reason I try not to let I don't think I constitutionally can let myself get too hung up on language pet peeves is the terror that I'm sure I'm saying stuff wrong all the time. And I can't imagine um, living in a world where someone as like nasty and critical as I can be when I'm being nasty and critical would be unleashed on how I talk. Cause I would never say, I find it hard to, hard to talk as it is because, uh, or you're you doing know, a great job. Thanks so much. But no, yeah. it's really, it's really, you know, it really is about, uh, I, it, it, it's, I, the, the laying down the rules seems really scary to me. That kind of, that kind of authority, asserting that kind of authority. Sure. It's, it's, uh, it's funny something I'd be comfortable it, with. Um, because we were performing a show before and I was opposed with a problem where I had used the word I and I wasn't sure in the moment if I was using it correctly or not. And I thought I would, I thought about it on stage out loud and I was like, am I doing this right? And my older brother later on said, no, it, you were wrong. You shouldn't have used I. And I thought, no, I think I should have. And so it was the kind of thing where, I wow, think it- if you're constantly questioning yourself, you might end up nowhere because you you might get to a point where you're like I don't even know how how I should be speaking it because at this point. the spirit of your commu- of communicating is is like it exists right uh, in whether you said I or me in that situation uh, and uh-huh. like uh, Kevin shared about the difference between like prescriptive and descriptive linguistics or the study of grammar in those in those terms like whatever you say naturally is in one sense correct because it is the way like we've all learned we all learned to speak without being taught rules right. we learned through listening to people around us we sure. learned from our family from uh, pe- uh, other people in our schools our environments from media uh, we be- way before we got to class and they said now whom in this situation and don't end sentences like this yeah uh so in that moment whatever you said naturally is like obviously when you like when you go to a job interview you might think more cautiously about uh what you're going to say and how than when you're not at a job interview Mm -hmm. and when you're writing a resume like writing is certainly like operates under many different rules than like if you were to transcribe this conversation Mm -hmm. as opposed to if we were to all have it in writing it would there would be a lot of glaring, like, you know, uh, you knows and like, sure. And you know, is another one. Yeah, yeah. uh, and yeah, you, everyone knows, you know, you know, you know, yeah, sure. uh, you know, you know. Um, and so I think that whether or not you quote unquote got it right, like definitely it's the quote unquote wrongest thing to just be paralyzed by it in the moment, because that way you're not doing the thing you're trying to do, which is communicate. Well, and but I it think added for a comedic effect it, that oh, he yes. was paralyzed. Yes. So in that sense, it actually aided in the, in because the comedy. Because in, in a way, it is very much our personalities to be paralyzed in on stage about such a trivial thing. So I know, so yes. you judging that quality about him is judging him. No, I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, are you guys familiar with uh, the Gricean Maxims? No. Why does that uh, ring a bell? Or the Gricean's Nickiums. 
there are or, so, which could have been the way, we should, Michaelism. Oh yeah, actually, if it, it things I, I won't go into it too deeply, which is good because I don't always remember. There's only there's four of them, but this guy Grice came up with these maxims, which basically described how people communicate. And like one of them is the the, the maxim of uh, quality and the maxim of quantity, the maxim of relevance, and maybe the maxim of manner. I think there's something like that that if you the, the, the idea is that in most standard conversation between two people, not talking about entertainment, like often a lot of humor comes from confounding and like conflating the rules because like the, the joke, like how many, how many, uh, how many months have 28 days? All of them is the answer, mm-hmm. but uh, the the implication funny. of the sentence is... I would have said February just right. now, yeah. That, and that is because the Gricean maxim of what one of them, whatever it is, like makes it so like, oh yeah, of course, how many months have only 28 days? Because why else would I be asking if all of them have 28 days only for comedic, you know, effect? It's like isosceles and... Uh, 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 God, well, I can't even think of the other triangle anymore, but... Obtuse? Uh, no, e- equala- e- e- equal... Oh, equal, oh, yeah, equilateral. equilateral. Yeah, yeah, why why did I forget that word? That's anyway, fine. Oh, yeah, um, so it, I'd say just for your own uh, enjoyment and or edification, check out Grace's maxims, because those are things that, like, when I say... Only Grace's yeah, yeah. Nick, Nicky-ms for oh, me. Oh, yeah, yeah, you, you for the... Yeah, whichever ones you like. Uh, <laughs> and so just... The idea of communicating in a non-comedic fashion, uh, one of the goals is to be as concise as possible. One of the, one of the goals when you're communicating in a comedic fashion, it, you put more, uh, more emphasis on like the manner and less on like, we got to get, I mean, sometimes obviously there are still like good, good ideas for, uh, having a shorter joke than a oh, absolutely. Joke, but, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But absolutely. also b- valuing being in the moment and like living in that paralysis, uh, for comedic effect is certainly, uh, you didn't do the wrong thing. Right. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I just do want to make a distinction. And do you before, want this to be the last? Oh, yeah, this is my thing. final thought. I, just, is, do I don't think right? there's necessarily, I mean, yeah, I, I don't think uh, this isn't like a huge, big problem for us in, in everyday society. And I don't know, just to, I guess I want to disagree with you guys a little bit, Fair. is that everyone has small little gripes with things. I think that's okay to have, you know, um, uh whether or not I'm like super concerned with it or not, people do notice things, you know, and I think um, I don't necessarily agree that it, there is a, a gender attached to the word literally because I, I hear it, I, I may even hear it more from males actually than females. And oh, you're listening it, to men more than you're listening to women? Uh, <laughs> no, actually, that's that's you actually taking what I said. Well, actually, no, for, he's obviously for comedic joking. purposes. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Well, Everyone's it's interesting. Kidding? It's funny you're yeah. saying that because there are. There are probably more male stand-up comedians than, than female stand-up um, comedians. It does seem so. And, um, historically, at least. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, you could, for instance, you could be annoyed with sirens. I, they, I hate sirens. I hate they're sirens. so loud, but they're absolutely necessary. And the reason they're annoying you is to the get women, the people. the women singers from the They're absolutely necessary. This is all about entrap But they... It is an absolute, in this case, it's absolutely necessary that it be annoying because it needs to get people the hell out of the way. Um, yes. So that's but, the, but that's it's the still case nevertheless, of the word, literally. I, I, I cringe when I hear it. It's annoying. You know, what can I say? Can I offer you uh, a thing that that makes me think of, which is I 
like you, Kevin, I, I like you, Kevin, and I, <laughs> like you, Kevin, I, <laughs> I strive to not think about having pet peeves. And so sometimes when I talk about having pet peeves, like I, I sometimes say like one of my pet peeves would be if I had pet peeves, the idea of having pet peeves. So if I were to have a pet peeve, uh-huh. uh, in addition to having pet peeves, which I don't want to have because I don't want to have pet peeves, uh, but would be honking. And I like to put myself through all of that because I don't like to talk about the things that bother me when they're not happening as much as possible, except for, you know, the purpose of communicating in this way. Because yeah. I feel like when you brought up sirens, somebody honked right now. For me, oh yeah. For me, honking is a thing that is almost like sirens because the function of them initially yeah. is to is for safety it's important to be able to honk in a situation where hey look out you might get hurt or killed but honking is something that unlike sirens everyone has control over and so they they happen way more than is quote-unquote necessary and so i have found myself at times like responding to like if i you know somebody stopped at a light somebody turns green somebody honks immediately to like longer and louder than i would and i'll be like why are they doing that basically i become a horn my Self. I'm like, why? Why? No, don't do it. And I'm like, I don't yell at them for doing that. Uh-huh. But I, I've shared this with my girlfriend and we have like, she's helped me try and like, when, when we get upset, you know, see what we can do to like, if it's raining, you can be upset that it's raining or you can, you know, hopefully acknowledge that it's raining, accept that it's uh-huh. raining, do what you have to do to get through it because uh-huh. you, and it's not to say that you won't be upset if you're getting wet or if uh-huh. there's a loud noise, uh-huh. but and there's a question of like it happening and how, when you react, how much you react and how long you live in that state of reaction. Because I believe right. emotions last for like 90 seconds is what I've heard. And so if you're upset about something that happened more than 90 seconds ago, you are, and it's not still happening, you are uh, perpetuating that. You are uh-huh. remembering it, recalling it, reliving it. And that's the thing that I'm striving not to do. So for myself, it I, still doesn't always happen. Like when, when a horn uh-huh, honks, uh-huh. I, I, you know, I will have a reaction and I'll strive to then like help, like sort of let the air out of my reaction, like laugh at myself and be like, huh, there's, there's me upset again. Let me ask you, it was an interesting thing that you said emotions last 90 seconds. Oh yeah. What about heartbreak? That lasts for, that could last for, I'm just curious. That's 120 a, seconds. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. I'm, I'm certainly not an expert and I can't gone get in on the phone seconds. the person who told me that, but I would, here's my, uh, on, off the cuff, on the spot. Ana- I know this is, I'm digressing oh, no. actually from in, the in analogy. I would say that it's like perhaps the emotion in the moment is like the weather yeah. and the, uh, the heartbreak or like the lasting effects of the sadness that you're going through is like the climate. It's yeah, something I larger. You. I actually, I had a, a woman who is a climate scientist on my podcast and she explained in reverse that- And she the, broke your heart. That the cli- Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the climate is like uh, the per- uh, personality and mm-hmm. that emotions, or that, sorry, the weather is like mood. So you can, I would say like when I got divorced, I was in a, in a heightened state of emotional- uh, like difficulty and sadness yeah. for like a, a, a very intense and shorter period of time. And then over the course of time, I was still like sad, disappointed, I see broken saying. up about it's, it. It's the, yeah, but, I and you. it certainly wasn't only 90 seconds, but it was a shorter period of time that it was as heightened as sure, it was. Sure. And so, yeah, the exact, uh, exact number of seconds and minutes may vary. Right. With, the, with the, the emotion too yes. at hand, I guess. So, yeah. um, getting back to literally, um, I guess this will be the final word. Even though it bothers us, it's ultimately not a, a, a pressing 
matter matter on on the safety of the world and and um but which is something that and and, and, is the point of this podcast i was watching a clip of uh seinfeld a couple days ago and elaine says i was literally doing nothing and you can't ever be literally doing nothing but she says it and that was in the mid 90s so it when you brought up statistics it would be interesting to see how much it's how and I do find it, and whether or not used. it actually indeed come from maybe uh, a gender specific thing at first. Maybe. But the style guide I looked at before coming here, but Brian Garner has a famous language style guide that uh, said that uh, early mention in like ri- writing, I think a newspaper column of literally misused was in the early seventies. Really interesting. interesting. Wow. Um, I so that would be interesting that's in the literature. Literature is in literature. Um, so uh, whether or not you dislike or, 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 or don't really care about the word literally, or you don't even think about it. Or even want to be emphatic in your stance we hope that you are right in using it however you want and want to use it as much as possible. We hope this has, uh, this podcast episode on the word literally has opened up your eyes a little bit to and your ears. ever, uh, ubiquitous In fact, only word. your ears really. And, um, and maybe you can make your own judgment about about this word. My or make f- no judgment at all. Yeah. yeah. And just, you know, be concerned with the real problems. Mm. The just literally <laughs> go with the flow. <laughs> Mike and uh, Kevin, we were very yes. happy that you were able to come on this Thank podcast you so much. today. Would you like to plug anything, Mike? I'd be happy to. I'll also, also I'll first offer... An apology, but also a thank you for understanding that, of course, I think that I I understand the spirit of the podcast is obviously not in this moment to endeavor to solve all of the the woes of the world. And so it is sort of uh, it's I feel like I still am my old my old self, like the I'm nitpicking myself now for being a little I think, you know, well motivated, but still nitpicky in a way Uh in that I, when you said like, how do you feel about the word literally? And I'm like, well, there are problems in the world and uh-huh. it's not one of the major ones. Like that clearly wasn't addressing like the, I, I th- I'd like to think oh. that I also answered the oh, question. I, I, oh, yeah. You agreed to be on this podcast. Yes. So yeah. it, by doing so, I, I did not think. But also, in, the, but also that was the points more that you the, brought up really led to some in my opinion, I'm glad. Right. That was not yeah. uh, me responding to that was not in response to you, but it was more just to clarify to oh, the listener. Actually, in of fact, course, actually. I, I think it is. It would be funny if uh, I went on. I, I said yes to every podcast, and then whatever the topic was, I came in. I'm like, why are we not talking about climate change? You sure, know? sure, sure. Uh, I mean, I think <laughs> it's that all would, that matters. That might be, in some ways, the right thing to do, and in other ways, the wrong thing to do. Uh, but and, we found yeah. a way to 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 right. have some sort of analogy well, to. Right. Right and, wrong this is, you know. and so uh, thank you for off for having me and for offering uh, the opportunity to plug my podcast, which is called Broccoli and Ice Cream, uh, where I talk to people about the work of their life and the joys of their life as represented by broccoli and ice cream. And also Mike oh, that's Kaplan. Fun. I enjoy oh, both of them. Thank you. Oh, yeah. You can enjoy your work and your joy. Uh, you can work at your joy. You can be joyful at work. Uh there's a lot of intertwining. I also and, enjoy yeah. broccoli and ice cream. Oh, I, yeah, li- literally. Yeah. Uh, you can listen metaphorically, and that was, I feel like, <laughs> a, a perfect example. Like, you you must, uh, in this case, using the word literally to tell me that you like broccoli and ice cream would have been 
uh, an appropriate, helpful thing. Uh, <laughs> because if you're like, I like broccoli ice cream. Oh, do you mean the thing or my podcast? Sure, uh, sure, sure, sure. Uh, so I, uh, my name is Mike Kaplan. It's spelled M-Y-Q-K-A-P-L-A-N. If you put that into any of the online places, uh, social media, my website, my email, you can uh, follow me on those. You can get my albums. And I have a special that's on Amazon called Small Dork and Handsome. Uh-huh. So any of those things I appreciate you're checking out. If you want to, uh, if you're like, how do I, in addition to buying your albums, how do I give you money? I have a Patreon and you can get bonus podcast episodes oh, there as well. Very fun. Uh, well, I'll ask you this off. off sure. And off, uh, Kevin, there, any, but, any, uh, any, I mean, hey, Kevin. follow me on Instagram at money, death, sex. My name's Kevin Crooks. This has been so fun, guys. Thank you very much for Mike, having me. Kevin, it's it was always a, been pleasure a pleasure having you guys on you today. On. Mike, thank, thank you, you so much. A, a great pleasure having and, you on the podcast. And, and you guys are what I think to be very articulate people. Yeah. In spite of what you said, Kevin, uh, I think you were judging yourself about that earlier. Yeah. So, uh, and which is why we enjoyed this podcast so yeah. much, and which is why we wanted you guys on this podcast for this particular topic. For those of you at home or on the subway or wherever you are listening, thank you all for tuning in to another edition of Splitting Hairs with Max and Nikki. Tune in next time.